Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hello. Thank you for going to the Les Schwab Twires. Twires? I don't know. Hello. We appreciate you going to the Les Schwab. Les Schwab. Why can't you say tires? Vive Clucot. It's the same thing. Just say tires. Where do we pick up from? Hi, everyone. You're listening to the Center in the Saint podcast. I'm Luke Anderson. I'm Will Darkins, well, and this is sponsored by Les Schwab Tires. Is that right? I think so. Okay. Yep. Enjoy. Doing the right thing since 1952. Luke Anderson. And neurotic sociopath Will Darkins on 1080 The Fan. Hey, hey, hey! Happy Saturday morning. Welcome to everyone who's out there braving the elements, driving around in your car. Hopefully. Most of you are listening on the radio.com stream from the safety of your home. You asked Alexa to turn it on so you know what's going on in the world. So local radio does really well. We'll keep you up on Snowpocalypse, which looks like actually a kind of pleasant morning other than the snow on the ground. This uh, is so weak, dude. Well, there's a little... This is the weakest snowocalypse I've ever been a part of, ever. No, no, snowpocalypse. Yeah, snowocalypse. Snowocalypse. Ocalypse. You're missing the P in there. I think that is a critical (laughs) element. Snowmageddon? <laughs> Snowmageddon? Yeah, there's snow. nothing. This is stupid. It's light snow. This is nothing. If you did not go to work today, then you obviously did not. What? 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 If you canceled all of your plans, <laughs> if you canceled everything that you had to do today because of the snow. Yeah, you yeah, obviously yeah. Uh, had something better to do at home. I'm just looking out the window here, and the sun is just basking on this sidewalk where a gentleman is driving his bike uh, at a moderate speed across a sidewalk that looks to be not too icy and really not too dry. It looks to be just perfect. Yeah, it looks like there'll be a little bit of snow today. The forecast has been changed in Portland, so I think we have rain early in the week and yeah. maybe some snow late in the week. It's not going to be that devastating. Yeah, so uh, your lives aren't ruined, and if uh, you're on the east side, nobody cares. Yeah. Because we've gotten a lot of tweets from people who are saying that I'm on the east side and it's a whole different world over here. Yeah. Uh, you know, like the river's acting as uh, the train tracks from the movie Eight Mile. Like, it sucks <laughs> over there, and it's awesome over here on the west side. Like, things are great. Uh, it's sunny. Uh, the roads are fine. I, I mean, just, you know, like, it couldn't be better. 
I woke up this morning, quite a bit of snow in Vancouver. We had, uh, I don't know, three, four inches. I uh, had to dust off the car, get out the big, uh, not the, the, my ice scraper has a brush on it. Oh, had that's use, fancy. Had to use that. You know, I went out to buy ice scrapers. This was years and years ago, and I mm. looked at the little, uh, you know, credit card-sized ones or the ones where you're, you know your hand's going to get cold using it. Yeah. Or you have the one that's like two feet, has a big brush in the middle, yeah. has like the industrial strength. I just bought two of those, uh, one for each car, and yeah. I've had them for, you know, half a decade. And uh, most of the time you don't need all that, but I'll tell you what, when the snow comes out, nice to have the heavy-duty ice scraper. It's because you invested, Luke. You're a smart did. You're smart with your money. You really invested enough uh, in the ice scraper to make it so when you get out uh, in the snow, you are able to get the snow off the windshield it's a smart move my take is i would do the same thing though i didn't spend the money on it good move by luke there that's uh that's some serious hot takes you're yeah. spitting there we're, we're you, all morning we're going to be breaking down some hot takes about this snow and what you might want to be able to spitting, do if you're going to go out driving spitting fire you're yeah spitting fire uh this is a sports radio show and it seems like a lot longer than a week ago because the actual game took about 12 hours. What's that? The Blazers game? The Super Bowl was only a week ago. Oh, you mean the bowl? Because <laughs> there's nothing super about it? Oh, hey oh, man, that's another hot take. Oh, man. I'm just, I'm, I'm on fire over I'll here today. You. You're, you're on fire like the sun that is gleaning through the uh, snow-covered uh, pathways Look here at that. on the Willamette River. There's a crow out there. I thought all the all the animals and all the wildlife would be uh, completely devastated by the frost, frozen in all place, the cold, just in ice sheets. There'd be leopards uh, running across the sidewalk that would be instant froze. Leopards, yeah, leopards out there with their jaws out. They'd they'd be in still form. Just frozen wild animals <laughs> from the Sahara yeah. just came out of the savannah. Yeah. Well, it snowed Whatever. down there, and they had to get to warmer climates, so they swimmed an ocean, and now they're here. They swimmed an ocean? Yeah. Jeez. Happens all the time. It's global warming, bro. See, what happens is we're, as a planet, getting warmer as a factor of a bunch of different factors like, say, me driving my car that's a gas guzzler, and so now the animals are moving up. Sure? I have no idea what's going on. If this is a precursor to what today's show is going to be, I might just tune out right now. What are you talking well, I about? Mean, I, mean, I mean, tell your friends to tune in. Get out there. Get a part of this. So, Super Bowl. Super Bowl 53. Yes. It was played between the New England Patriots and the Los Angeles Rams. And I say played uh, because I can't think of a term to really describe what actually happened. Uh, well, they kind of went out there and they had a Thursday practice. Thursday practice. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt about it because every single time we had Thursday practice, Thursday practice was basically you have gone through uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. You don't practice on Mondays most of the time in college. And Tuesday and Wednesday are your install days, and they can be kind of stressful because coaches yell at you and everything. But then Thursday is just practicing everything you installed on Tuesday and Wednesday, and it's half pads. So everybody's just kind of in – you know, kind of a slower mood. (laughs) And so it sucked. And anybody that would like to say that the defense was really good and I appreciated the game because of the defense, uh, you could just shut up because actually nobody played well in that game. Like, no one. I I really don't even care if you want to give me Dante Hightower stats. Like, dude, I I seriously don't care. That guy played like crap. (laughs) 
Everyone in that game. Everybody in the game played badly. Everyone in that game played like crap. Julian Edelman did not do anything impressive. He ran routes. That's it. He no, go back and watch the film. He didn't do anything impressive. He was far more impressive in that Super Bowl against the uh, Falcons where he caught that third and long that That, pretty much was the game. Yeah, but that was like the double catch, right? The one where he tipped it up and the and top got it to himself like if he doesn't catch that, there that game is very well done. So I to me, everything about that game just absolutely sucked. Tom Brady was not that good. His first pass attempt was a friggin' interception that was right to a corner. Like a corner was sitting there in coverage, and he just goes, yeah, I'm just going to throw this. Yeah. It sucked, and there's <laughs> nothing you can tell me or convince me otherwise about that. It sucked. Uh, but it was close. Sure. Oh, great. Wow. <laughs> it's a 3-3 game. Dude, worst Super Bowl of the decade. Of easily. the decade, yes, easily. We're not going to go as far as all time. I'm trying to think of. You had the blowout between the Seahawks and the Broncos. I'd rather watch that, wouldn't you? That's kind of how I felt. Something exciting happening. There was the Percy Harvin uh, uh, kick return. Kick return. Yeah. Uh, you know, and just seeing Peyton Manning get just obliterated was kind of fun. There was the <laughs> Panthers and Broncos, which wasn't extremely fun but at the same time there was at least a novelty. There was scoring yeah and there was a novelty about it because it was pretty much peyton manning's last game everybody was there a it. safety in that one when they're like early on in that one not early on but there was the von miller sack yeah. and you know yeah. there was there was a lot going on so those are the three that i l- at least put in this decade where i go okay those are three that i can think of that were just really really bad yeah but but you go bad game lopsided i mean that, there, i was just waiting for something to happen. And by the time I got to the third quarter, I was like, oh, nothing's going to happen. The Patriots, because the Patriots were perfectly happy playing that style of game. Weren't they? Didn't you feel the whole time you're like, oh, if it's played this way, the the Rams have no chance. If they can't move the ball, like midway through the third quarter, I'm like, oh, whatever adjustments they made clearly didn't work. I know that they got a shot at, at Brandon Cooks in the end zone, but there was really nothing to grab onto that goes, oh, this is a football genius, an offensive mastermind. This team will be back for years to come. That was the hope. Even if they lost, you hope that you saw some glimmer from the Rams. No, they'll be fine for years to come. And again, yeah, I, they'll be fine, but they're not. No, I, I think they'll still be good. Again, each year you're seeing Sean Remember McVay. Remember how much money they spent on that defense. I understand, but you can yeah. still get talent. You have a great core around you that can build a good roster i i think it'll be okay i think every single year you're seeing sean mcveigh coach you're seeing him learn something new in the playoffs well but he you, learned something against the falcons where he said oh i have to change a game plan and he learned this year because he goes years. oh yeah when i get to the super bowl i have to understand who my opponent is nah, i don't know i don't i don't buy that this was a learning experience because you were trying to make the point that you know he he looked better in this playoff i mean what were their games they played the cowboys is that an overwhelming Well, before opponent? that, they had a strong bye week. <laughs> they did have a – they looked great in the bye week. Yeah, oh, they looked very, strong. They looked very healthy. Good, very good point. Yeah. But, but you had the game against the Cowboys. Did anybody think the Cowboys were going to go in and, and make a run by running over the Rams? Yeah, kind of. In fact, that was, the, that was the strong prediction of the week was the fact that the Cowboys had the best rushing offense in the league yeah. and that the Rams sucked against defending the run. Sure. Now – who the hell could have predicted C.J. Anderson would pretty much take <laughs> over the game? Uh, and then you have the next week in the NFC title game where a lot of people say they shouldn't yeah. have even won. So, yeah, 
I don't know. Well, I, but that's but that's my point. Is yeah. the narrative is they played a Cowboys team that overachieved because I don't think the Cowboys were a favorite going into that. They played a close game against the Seahawks and they played well in that game. But I didn't think that like watching the Seahawks Cowboys game as closely as I did, I didn't think that whoever won that game, even as a Seahawks fan, was going to win the next week against the Rams. And then you have exactly to my point, which is the Saints should have won that game. And and now you have them just I mean, they did nothing in that game against the Patriots. And to me, that kind of makes it emblematic of, oh, is Jared Goff the guy to run this offense yes. for years to yes. come? Yes, he is. And is he the guy to lead you to multiple Super Bowls, which yes. I think is what we're thinking. Yes. You said before the game he wasn't going to win multiple Super Bowls. Which season is this for him? It's four, three. It was his third three. season. This was his third season. Yeah, I think he's going to be okay. All right. I just... Let me I mean, just say this. I think the Patriots knew after the first offensive series of the Rams they were going to win the game. Yeah. I kind of think they did. I, I think I think Belichick really didn't worry about the offense because he just went, you know what? I I have them figure it out. I, this won't be very difficult because of the fact there's mismatches all over the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensively, I want to see if this works. Yeah. And it worked because after the first possession, it was a very fast three and out. And I think Belichick went, yeah, okay, okay I'm it. feeling pretty good. Got it. Yeah. What's wrong with Todd Gurley? Um, see, know, that's a big problem for this team. They can't afford to, they can't afford to bring back the defense they put together. People aren't going to sign on, uh, on hometown discounts. And if there's, if this continues with Todd Gurley, there's something wrong with this team. You know, I had a pretty controversial tweet we can uh, get to in the next segment here. Now that's a pretty good tease. Oh, that's my American Alliance of American football. Well, let, let's we'll, we'll Ooh, touch you on it. Carry very... over the NFL this and was... interrupt the Alliance of American football in America. This was a very you... spicy tweet. Oh, you're I'm talking te- like well, hey, hey. nacho burrito at Baja Fresh the next day. I, spicy. I am going to go against my better intuition, mm. which says that we need to talk about the Alliance of American football in America on football and, and go to this national football league. Yeah. And, and because, because I'm so uncomfortable with this, I'm going to let you tease it. Go ahead. Let's see how you do champ. Right. Do it. Yeah. Wait, you get to which tease. one do you want me to tease? Whatever your tweet thing was. Oh yeah. Coming up next, I have a tweet that's out there that explains maybe the Rams don't have to worry about Todd Gurley. Let me give you a four on that tease. I'll close it out. I'll take a five. Four and a half. Center and Saint, Portland sports leader, 1080. After the dramatic pause between Sinner and Saint and 1080 the fan, your tease was bumped up to a five. Congratulations. Thanks, man. Hey, really, really good job. That's you know, five. That's I five. Work really hard. That's five on a scale to ten, just so you know. I mean, but I I was really impressed. I work soups hard. Yeah. So if you didn't hear Will's tease, apparently he's got some insight into Todd Gurley and why we don't need to worry. So for this, we go to Twitter. But before we get to that, uh, go to at CenterSaint1080. There are a plethora of polls that you can participate in, and we'll get to those at 1030. We'll get to results. We'll talk about the subjects on there. I'll give you a little, another little tease. One of them is about the snowpocalypse. Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a theme of the day. Mm. The sunshine breaking through the clouds down here on the Willamette has me frightened beyond belief yeah it's uh pretty intense out there right now with uh the no snow 
Yeah, if you've boarded up the windows and uh, battened down the hatches and cleared out the, the supermarket shelves, uh, you, you can maybe take off one of the layers of the hurricane protection that you have on your home sure. and take a look because uh, it's it's beautiful. It's, like, pleasant outside. Yeah, it is really pleasant outside. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to your uh, little tweet, why Todd Gurley uh, is okay. No, it's really not, actually. In fact, I, I didn't tease it very well. That's fine. I'm I'm still intrigued. What do you got? If you're the Rams, trading Todd Gurley in the offseason looks more realistic by the minute. Whoa, that was a terrible tease. Yeah. <laughs> so Todd Gurley signed a $30 million contract? That's correct. Okay. And you don't think they could convince somebody to take that on? I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Todd Gurley. Did you hear the Marcellus Wiley theory? Uh, No. Marcellus Wiley uh, was, I think, credited with this. I heard it secondhand, I think, on Fox Sports. Uh, so you'll forgive me if I get it wrong. But the theory goes something to the effect of uh, it's LeBron James' fault. You may remember LeBron James had the comments on his uh, show, HBO, I believe, called The Shop. Where they sit in the barber shop and chat. Oh, I love that show. Well, he said, uh, if, you, if you don't recall, he said that uh, NFL owners have a slave owner mentality. Yup. And the lack of production and use of Todd Gurley is because when LeBron James said that, mm. his celebrity NFL guest in the background nodding along oh. was the $30 million man himself, Todd Gurley. Oh! So it comes down from the top. This guy ain't playing. If he thinks that we're slave owners and we're giving him all this money, I need you to pull the plug. We don't want to win a Super Bowl. Oh! Oh, my gosh! Yeah, that's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, I, I think Todd Gurley is just injured, and I think that they keep trying to convince themselves that enough rest will keep him not injured. And I'm expecting here in, I'd say, maybe the next two or three weeks for a story to break out that there was an MRI and he tore something. And if that happens, there's big fines. I mean, you can, yeah. you, there are penalties from the NFL for, for skirting uh, injury uh, news. If, yes, if you have something it, so. has to come out. Something has to come out about this because this is far too weird. It's uh, the whole Bill Belichick and uh, Malcolm Butler thing all over again, except for the fact that uh, Butler wasn't injured and he wasn't injured at any point. The only thing we knew about that story was that, uh, you know, he broke some team rule and he yeah. couldn't play in the Super Bowl. And that was it. This one is a little stranger because he didn't really break a team rule. We knew he was injured, but the Rams kept insisting every time. No, 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 no. He's fine. He's fine. Don't worry about it. He has enough rest. This was just the flow of the game. This is this is how we saw the game going. Oh, really? But it's not the game. It's weeks. I mean, yeah. he, didn't, he didn't play throughout the playoff So the most run. dynamic player, arguably, in the league yep. uh, doesn't fit into the flow of the Super Bowl. Well, or the playoffs. I mean, C.J. Anderson was the star of the team leading them, the Cowboys and the and the Saints game. He didn't play at the end of the regular season when he was back in the lineup. I mean, but this needs to be resolved before the season starts next year, or what am I going to do with my fantasy draft? Oh, no. <laughs> this is messing up my fantasy. Oh, man. So tell me why he needs to be traded or be, why that looks more plausible. Uh, because at this point, just like you were saying at the very first segment, they have a bunch of money on the books right now, or at least money that they're going to have to pay to people who are good enough to demand it. And I think you can get Todd Gurley off your books and build a pretty substantial team Uh with maybe some draft picks, maybe you can do another train robbery like uh, with the Vikings and the Cowboys. 
something where you can just get a boatload of picks and just kind of build yourself up again. I think it's a viable option to trade uh, to Todd Gurley at this point because he didn't prove effective in the playoffs. He didn't prove effective in the Super Bowl. And obviously there's a strained relationship between the team and the player. There's no way in hell everything is okay with those two. Yeah, No I, way I at all. I understand that, but what what does it signal to the rest of the league? Like, who's the team out there going, oh, we're just one disgruntled superstar away hey man, from breakthrough? Hey, man, if if the Toronto Raptors traded away a massive chunk of their team eh. for Kawhi Leonard to take a chance, I think somebody in the NFL will do that. And I, I genuinely do because... If he was a quarterback, yes. The only thing that will take away from this is if there are medical records demanded by the team that's trading and they see something on there and they go, oh, no, no, now well, I get you have to pass a physical. Yeah. You don't need to, I mean, you don't need medical records. You have to pass a physical. So if Todd Gurley's okay, but this is, this to me, I think will be the lingering story from that Super Bowl more than anything else. There's not even a whole ton of backlash. I know on the, the Better You Today text line, we have somebody chiming in saying that uh, Tom Brady had basically using a flat football by the end of the game. Uh, but I think that's all in jest. There's not even a lot of backlash against the Patriots, and I don't have any, I'm, Really kind of, okay, Patriots won again. I'm more disappointed in the Rams. And like I said, I think their offseason is going to be tumultuous because they're going to have to re-sign a lot of players on that defense to stay in contention or at least where they were if they're going to be a bye week next. And you have to figure out this Todd Gurley mess. Yeah, I, I don't think you do. I, uh, I think this is something C.J. Anderson in on. the future. Well, no, Todd he is but I think he is can... if you, I think you can build a future with trading him and getting a bunch of assets. I think you really can because what you need to make room for is Cooper Cup and uh, Robert Woods. And, I mean, you already signed Brandon uh, Cooks, and he's on the books. So, uh, to me, I think that what you need to do is trade him away, get some assets, accept that next year might be a little bit down, and then try to get into the game for somebody else. You know, there is the option that you could get Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, well, maybe. I mean, what a mess there. Can you believe he didn't play the entire season? And now they're talking about franchising him again or using the transitional franchise tag where they can match any offer. I'm telling you, there might be a a co-beneficial relationship between those two teams. Yeah, maybe. Where the Rams say, hey, you want to take a chance on Todd Gurley? Because we're pretty much there when it comes to getting to the Super Bowl. We just lost to the greatest team of all time. We'd like to take another just one shot at it, get Le'Veon Bell, and try this again. Missing Le'Veon Bell was not the reason that the Pittsburgh Steelers missed the playoffs, though. James Conner was playing at a Pro Bowl level uh, when he got hurt. I realized that that injury was probably impactful. If you had Le'Veon Bell, you'd have another back in your in your stable. But I think the way that Pittsburgh played without Le'Veon Bell is that, you know, that scenario played out in real life so you look at it you go oh Todd Gurley is you know this this pivotal piece if we add him to our franchise that's the next step but James Conner stepped right in to that role and played really well CJ Anderson was rushing for over 100 yards in the playoffs until the Super Bowl stepping into the Todd Gurley role I running back is this position that we've seen some teams go out and and overpay for the Rams are the perfect example. You see, you may see what happens with Alvin Kamara in this offseason. Ezekiel Elliott are these guys that you look at him and go, okay, maybe the running backs are making a reemergence, but there's a reason the NFL went to backs by committee, and it's because the position is just not that valuable anymore. Did you see uh, Tom Brady um, tongue massage craft? No, I did not see that. And he kissed him. Well, there you go. 
You didn't see that? No, I didn't. Yeah, it was a really precious kiss. I did see a, a tweet that somebody forwarded to me that said, uh, the only reason NFL players wear helmets is so that Tom Brady doesn't kiss them on the mouth. That's great. That's incredible. Uh, you know, the other thing that I post out on Twitter, because, you know, I'm all about Twitter. You are all about Twitter. Um, How about those tweets, brah? Oh, yeah. Follow me on Instagram. Hashtag awesome. Hash sauce awesome? Is that what you said? <laughs> Hash sauce. You know, maybe we're... I still think it's a pound sign, by Maybe the way. we're just missing out. You and I? Well, maybe we're all missing out on the idea that Tom Brady's a good kisser. Hey, listen. If if kissing uh, your kids, you know, is, is good practice to get them married to a supermodel, let's say his dad raised him that way. Yeah. He ends up marrying the number one supermodel in the world. Mm. You know, maybe he's doing Number things- one. Wasn't your, she, wasn't she your the power top? rankings? She was power rank. She was, uh, I'm sorry, the wealthiest supermodel in the world. She is really hot, and she's number one on my big board. So, so getting ready for the show because I know we're going to talk about the AAF at some point. Sure, today, some point <laughs> on CBS Sports on CBSSports.com. Yeah, they have power rankings for the American Alliance of Football. Are you serious? Yes, you can go on to the interwebs. And fine. Now, I'll tell you what I can't find is which game's actually going to be on television, and that's why I went to CBS. They have a power ranking of the new eight-team football league. Dude, this is not going to work. None of this is going to work. Nobody is going to be excited about this. This is the time of year when everybody gets really pumped up about the NBA. Now, is there a league that happens in the summer? What do you mean? Like, is there like a July? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't know how no? long this goes. No. Yeah, I don't either. Well, yeah. See, that's uh, the well, thing. you have training camp. Uh, sure, you have training camp, but I think that would be the perfect pres- uh, position for something yeah. like this if you could start it in like, I don't know, late March. Yeah. This is too early. You have the NBA in its peak right now, man. You're at the All Star break, and we just passed the trade deadline, so let's talk about that. Okay. Let's do it next. First, here's your news update. Snowpocalypse is not a thing. If you're boarded up in your home, feel free to venture out into the end of the day. Fake news. Snowpocalypse is fake news. Snow in Vancouver when I woke up. I guess there's some snow on the east side. Uh, Swag was saying nothing out in Beaverton where he lives. You didn't have anything in Albany. We'll see what happens the rest of the week. What? (laughs) What? Say Albany? Where do you live? Yeah, what is it? Aloha. No, we live in Aloha. I don't know. What an awful commute. <laughs> That'd be terrible. <laughs> oh, I was trying to. I was trying to pretend that I cared about you. Aloha, right? Yeah, you had nothing out yeah. in uh, Albany out there. Wherever uh, you live, it was your uh, your usual easy two hour drive out in Florence. <laughs> yeah, where uh, wherever you easy wake stuff up. your Forest Grove uh, <laughs> commute. Not that bad. Yeah, driving in from John Day, you said it was just fine. What was the uh, town you tell me? What was it? And I told you, I don't care. Screw them. What? I have no there idea. There was some town we were talking about. We no were talking about for the show that got a bunch of snow, and I was like, yeah, whatever. Screw them. I can't. I have no idea what you're talking I think about. It might have been Baker or something. Oh, yeah. Maybe it wasn't me. Maybe it was. Uh, maybe it was Swag. Maybe we were talking with him about the golf show. Ooh. Yeah. Hot golf talk. Uh, so the NBA trade deadline has. Uh, Past 
and Anthony Davis is still a New Orleans Pelican. Just hilarious. And the fans are really happy about that. So he's he's missed nine games with a finger injury, and he finally played last night, and the New Orleans fans booed him when he was introduced. They booed him uh, the first few possessions that he had the ball, which is just fantastic. Uh, but after going out and kind of demanding this trade, they looked at the Lakers' offers, and for anybody that didn't follow this, I don't know why you wouldn't, but he, they came out and said that there was only four teams that he would re-sign with, and it was the Lakers, the Clippers, the Knicks, and Milwaukee. Quite the collection. And obviously the Knicks already made the trade for Porzingis, so they weren't going to go out and trade for AD. They didn't have any assets left. Milwaukee instead with, went with Miritich, and then the Clippers unloaded everything that they had so they can make a move later uh, in the offseason. They're going to kind of tank, make those picks a little bit stronger. And, of course, the Lakers offered, what was their best offer? It was uh, Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, Lonzo Ball. Uh, it was their team. Picks. It was their team. Woo! It was practically everybody. And, you know, really when it comes down to it, I think this was probably one of the most embarrassing Laker moments that you could get. Was I, it, I, I don't really know if there's really any other more embarrassing part. Even the last the Chris couple Paul seasons. Chris Paul veto trade? No, that was even okay because... Nick Van Axel, uh, uh, Vladi Divots? Even that was okay. Yeah. And in fact, the whole uh, Chris Paul snubbing thing, at least you had an enemy that you could go after, right? Yeah. David Stern, sure. you could kind of just go, oh, that's David Stern's fault. No, dude, this was the Lakers' fault. This was them falling into the trap of basically letting Rich Paul, who is the agent of both LeBron James and, and Anthony, Anthony Davis, Davis yeah. dictate how player personnel should be handled. And they went into this saying, there is no way in hell the Pelicans will not trade for what we have. Yep. And we're so confident about it. And the Pelicans go, yeah, see, the thing is, we can still keep him on the payroll, and we already know we suck, so we're just going to wait. And yep. we'll let you throw out as much as you can, and we'll just keep telling you more. Yep. And at the end of the day, it, it, it basically turned into that game against the Pacers earlier this week, where the entire team has now turned on this organization. <laughs> well, and LeBron, LeBron James. LeBron James, yep. three seats away on the bench from the rest of the team. Isn't that just the best visual? But I, I can't remember where I heard kind of the, the the visual, the optics of what that trade looks like, which is basically we're going to give you our three best young players. Possibly four. And And everybody looked at him and went, Oh no, we already know what those guys are. Like, why would if we're gonna build a core, you guys have given up on that core. Why would we want them? Yeah, I, so love what the, exactly I love that. I love that D'Angelo Russell's an all-star. <laughs> like, what's attractive about Brandon Ingram at this point? Or Lonzo Ball? Nothing. Like, I mean, Kyle Kuzma, I, I guess, can score, but I still think he's one of those guys that he has to because there's such a void of talent there. It's like, yeah, Kyle Kuzma puts up big numbers for a bad team. Didn't Kevin Love do that for a very long time? Like, there's a lot of guys that can go out and... Yeah, but Love and, was dynamic. See, the thing is with yeah. Kuzma, it's like... Yeah, it just scores. He is he's pretty much the B-minus version of what um, the guy who's on the Sixers now, Tobias Harris, right? Yeah. He's like B-minus version of Tobias Harris. Like, he does some good stuff, but at the end of the day, he's not a huge trade piece that I would move some stuff for. Holy cow. I don't and really that, care and, about that. And speaking of which, I mean, Tobias Harris... Can you understand that landslide of, of picks that they sent to, to the Clippers for hey, him? all in, baby. All get, in. Hey, you know, you have just raged against the process But this now. isn't the process now, Dude, right? Dude, this is the process, no. and we're here. Shut up. We're here. This is it. This is the moment. 
I mean, really, they are going for it because arguably they have probably the best starting five in the league right now. Okay, three big moves in the East, right? There's three teams going all in. You've got Toronto going in for Gasol. You've got Tobias Harris uh, trade to Philadelphia. And then you have the Orlando Magic taking on Markel Fultz. So those three mo- Wait, no, that's not right. Uh, and you have uh, Miritich going to Milwaukee. Those, I think, right now look like your three top teams. Maybe you throw Boston in there, but who is your who is your team to come out of the East right now based on those moves? Is it, it Philadelphia? Uh, I, I don't think you can really um, – I don't know. I don't think you can make a prediction right now, to be honest. Yeah. I think you have to wait for the playoffs, and you have to see how – Milwaukee's learned from the year before and how they might be able to react in the playoffs. You know, they have Eric Bledsoe now this season. And so you kind of hope that'll give them a little bit more maturity going in. The 76ers already seemed like they were kind of up to the challenge of uh, being competitive, but you know what? At the very beginning of the season, there's no way you could have told me that the East would have been this interesting at this point. The top four teams in the East. Oh, that's going to be interesting. It is. It's going to be very interesting. It's going to be great. Those quarterfinals are going to be great. Yeah, but the first round will be terrible. Well, the first round really sucks anytime. Fair enough. I mean, to be honest, like I I can't remember one first round series from last year that was exciting. So Philadelphia has their guys for a little while. They're set for this year. They've still got two two first round draft picks next year, even after making that move. And I think they have three second round draft picks. Milwaukee's in an odd situation because I think everybody except for uh, the Greek freak will be a free agent at the end of this year. If if I'm not wrong. So, and he's, his contract's up next year. He's eligible for the supermax. but if you're going to try to sign Brogdon and if you want to keep Miritich and Eric Bledsoe and, and keep this team together, you need to spend a lot of money and then, of course, Toronto has uh, a Kawhi Leonard situation where it's, is he going to stay in Canada when he made it very clear that he wanted to be in Los Angeles when he left San Antonio? So they're obviously doing everything they can to accommodate them. But I think you have two teams in Toronto and Milwaukee that this might be their one shot at it, at least for a little while. So I'm, I'm curious, though, what's it worth? I mean, it's, it's Golden it State. Worth? It's a chance at well, the uh, finals. Yeah, but you, you're taking Golden State? Well, you got to take your right? chance at some point. Yeah, you know, the thing it. is that I don't think people realize about basketball is there's always going to be Golden State. Like, there is. And it, it'll be in leveling severities. But, I mean, in this case, Golden State is really Golden State. Yeah. But, you know, you go both as far back as the 90s. You know, the Bulls were Golden State. Uh, every single season, what was the point? Michael Jordan's going to win the title. In the 2000s, that was kind of like the Spurs. I mean, it was really like the Lakers at the earlier. The only time I can I ever know. see... There's a, there's a few pop-ups, though. It's like Jordan took the, the years off, and you have uh, The only Houston time there was ever an intense amount of parody that I can remember was the late 2000s, early 2010s. And that was when LeBron was kind of coming into being on the heat, and the Spurs weren't as good as they were before. And you had the Warriors kind of starting to build themselves up. And uh, that was it. And then the Bulls were good because you had Derrick Rose and that team uh, that kind of looked like they were going to make a run in the East. That's the only time I can ever remember in this recent history of some real clear uh, parity among the league. But for the most part, you always have that team. You always have that Golden State Warrior team that you have to at least try something. You can't be like, say, the Portland Trailblazers <laughs> and do nothing. 55305 is the better you did a text line. Start spitting venom now at the top of the hour. We're going to talk Blazers. Did they do enough getting Rodney Hood and Scott Labissiere as uh, their two pieces at the trade deadline? How mad at you are? How mad at the Blazers are you? Or 
Do you think this is the best they could have done? No, uh, oh, no. Oh, and, uh, I hey, 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 hey. No, hey, let me hey, say something. Hey, no, you shut up. If they text in saying yes, five, like, I want uh, that number and I'm going to call them and scream. 55305 is the better you today text line. Start sending your thoughts and we'll get to those after we do good versus evil. That is next. Sinner and Saint, 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the, What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. <laughs> Let the Sinner and the Saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the Titan of Hawaiian Restaurants. 808 on 1080 The Fan. Well, it's definitely a, a tough news on all of us. More importantly, it's very tough for John. It's not easy to, to not be able to do something you really, truly love to do and you're really good at for a long period of time. The, our focus is on his um, recovery and, and we're going to support him he's going to need the support. That was Scotty Brown's evil twin, Scotty Brooks, courtesy NBA.com. He's talking about a man who on most nights can't shoot or dresses like he's going to the Billboard Music Awards, John Wall. If you're a Wizards fan, first of all, why? Uh, second of all, you were pretty bummed out this week. Washington's franchise point guard was already out for the season after undergoing surgery on his left heel. Now you can take another year on to that. Uh, due to a ruptured ACL. Wall is due approximately, uh, it says here, a lot of money once the Supermax kicks in next season. Should the Wizards just blow this thing up? Yeah, probably. I mean, even when they had everybody healthy, they weren't all that great. They've already shipped out some pieces, but uh, it's just a matter of of what you're going to get when you get John Wall back, and he was not a great teammate. Him and Bradley Beal have never gotten along. Uh, so what's your other piece you're building around? I don't know what the, the point of keeping uh, John Wall is. I think you give him the Derrick Rose treatment. Let him go, find a landing spot, be a feel-good story for a little while. I think Well, that's and that means you'd have to ship off Beal at some point. Y- yeah. Get I, some assets. I think so. I think this summer will be interesting. There's a lot of teams that have room to sign the Supermax. I know we've talked about it a lot with the Blazers. That next trade deadline is where they're going to be able to move some of those, uh, you know, inflated contracts uh but this offseason will be very interesting in the nba he's going to be traded or if he's not traded luke is not going to be there because him, him and luke don't mix so it don't matter if luke came and said lonzo you're going to start every game i'm going to play you 45 minutes lonzo like okay but uh the loyalty is gone that was reputable fake oakley salesman on a street corner in cabo san lucas lavar ball on the herd this week quick question did you forget lavar ball was a thing I'm just waiting for LaMelo to hit the league, man. He's going to light the world on fire. Uh, So, I mean, yeah, I keep really close to the ball family. I'm a big baller brand for life. Well, he is a thing, sort of. Among the Lakers' issues require acquiring Anthony Davis from the Pelicans through trade. The famous father of Twilight Zone, Canimate Alien, and point guard Lonzo Ball is requesting his son be moved to the Phoenix Suns instead of the Pelicans. Uh, The Davis trade obviously didn't happen. So what should L.A. do now with Lonzo? Ooh, man, I <laughs> I just want this whole thing to go crumbling to the ground. And that was a good first step missing out on Anthony Davis for, for the trade deadline. Like, would you have any desire if you were a player in free agency this summer to go play in that mess? No, none. Yeah. In fact, now I'm kind of reconsidering wanting to play with LeBron James. Yeah. 
It's not even the organization. It's just like, it's, oh, LeBron it's both. James is a control freak. Yeah, it's both. And and the, you know the coach is going to get fired. The Clippers have a ton of cap space. They have room for two max players. If you want to go to L.A., you've got another option. Yeah, the whole thing is an absolute mess. I don't know what their next move is because I can't understand their last three, four, or five moves. It, none of it makes sense. Well, and they can't move any of their young players because of what you were talking about in the last segment. Like, everybody yeah. knows they suck now. Yeah, nobody <laughs> nobody wants any of their young players. They have a coach that, as an assistant, filling in for the head coach, didn't lose a basketball game. They're trying to run him out of town. I mean, he's a good young basketball mind. Hate Luke Walton. LeBron's sitting three chairs down. Like, the, everything they've done, first of all, it hasn't worked. Second of all, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So, yeah, I can't I can't predict the, the moves of a madman organization at this point. Rajon Rondo or Lance Stevenson, last man standing from this thing. <laughs> Michael Beasley. <laughs> It'll be JaVale McGee. I mean, that's the thing, is you can name all of the insane free agents moves that they made, and that list keeps going, let alone the young players that don't have any of the potential we once thought they did. Yeah, no, um, he's really excited. He He's he's thrilled to be uh, part of the magic, and I'm um, looking forward to getting out of here and starting his journey with our team. Obviously, uh, you know, he's, he's dealt with a lot, and I think he's looking at this as a fresh start, and uh, he's really excited about it. That was the president of the I Pay Someone to Buy My Clothes for Me committee, Jeff Weltman, courtesy of NBA.com. The president of the Magic is talking about the Portland Trailblazers' big-time trade to acquire Markel Fultz from the 70s. Oh, uh, sorry. I read that wrong. Um, he was actually talking about the Orlando Magic's big-time trade to get Markel Fultz from the 76ers. I always get those teams mixed up, the Magic and the Blazers. Um, so it seems like Fultz will finally learn to shoot in Orlando, right? Obviously. Uh, yes. he, this he, is the perfect place to do it. Well, let's be honest. The only thing that's going to fix him is magic. <laughs> oh, man. I kill me with I that one. I actually didn't even see that coming. Oh, you didn't? No. Oh, sorry. It seemed too obvious. I thought that was the no, I thought that was pretty good. Yeah. All right. Well, you're welcome then. Uh, in in that case, <laughs> it's, you can write that one down and use it later. Sure. Uh, yeah, Markel Fultz, if, if he ever makes it back or back, he did have a triple-double last year, I guess, when he came back, didn't he? Something like that. Oh, yeah. That's uh, pretty cool. It, it, I, I would like to see Markel Fultz make something of himself as an NBA player. I just don't think it's going to happen. It's it, it reminds me, bizarrely, of what was his name? Royce? Royce, uh, Royce Freeman. Royce Was it Royce White, the, the guy that got drafted? I think it was Royce Freeman. I don't think it was Royce Freeman, the kid, the kid that got signed, I think he was out of K-State. Uh, I could have all of these things wrong, and nobody knows what I'm talking about. But he had uh, the anxiety problem and was a very good player uh, in college. Oh, he couldn't get on planes. But he couldn't get on planes, and he couldn't do the whole thing. There's something in Markel Fultz's head, it feels like, uh, that's preventing him to do it, and I think it's a it's an unfortunate story. I don't mean to be insensitive, but, like, if you can't get on a plane, yeah. like, give up, dude. Like, kind of did. He's playing in some lower league somewhere, but... Yeah, I just, like... I know, I'm sorry. I don't mean to, like, put a damper on mental health issues, but, like, seriously, dude, what's wrong with you? Get on a plane. It's mental fun. health is wrong with you. Like, we're all going to die. If you die in a plane Jeez. crash, whatever. Thank you, Mr. Sensitive. All right, time for my favorite story of the week. And to probably your displeasure, I'm not going to give you the man fights off cougar with bare hands story. I know that story. Yeah, I'm okay yeah. with that. We can move on from that. I found a better one. Okay, cool. Okay, are you ready for this? I am. I think this is right in our wheelhouse. <laughs> 
Commissioner Nancy Oakley is being accused of sexually harassing a former city manager. The Florida Commission of Ethics issued a report on its findings that Oakley possibly violated state law because she was, quote, exhibiting inappropriate behavior when she licked the city manager's face at a fishing tournament in 2012. (laughs) What? The report said there was testimony from multiple witnesses saying Oakley also touched the then city manager inappropriately and that she was intoxicated. She got drunk and licked somebody, so... What's wrong with that? Upon election, she and other commissioner uh, and newly elected mayor suspended the city manager who says they knew the ethics complaint against Oakley was pending. Here's the thing about this story. She actually has a history of doing this. Yeah. Don't she give her too many mind times. Face. Like she's been accused of this three other times. Oh, yeah. Oh, you mean Oakley? Yeah. Oh, dude, you give her three mimosas, she's licking your face. The sponsor of the fishing tournament where Oakley allegedly licked the city manager said she had licked his face and the faces of volunteers at other fishing tournaments. Wait, wait. This is just a thing she does at fishing tournaments? I don't know what it was about fishing tournaments, but old Annie Oakley over there gets wasted and starts licking faces. Dude, two bush lights, she's licking face. Oh, it gets her just... She just wants to lick face. Dude, she sees one largemouth bass, she's licking face. Let me say this. I think she has perfectly positioned herself for um, advertising what kind of kink she's into. (laughs) Because now she's going to be inundated with requests from dudes who love getting licked in the face. Doesn't it feel like that's how you get elected in Florida? What, licking face? Yeah. Nah. I feel like that's a campaign platform in Florida. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, hey, listen, if you guys vote me into city office, I'm going to go to fishing tournaments and I'm going to lick people in the face. I can make that promise right now. Let That'll me, win you an election in Florida. Let me ask you something. President of this company. This, this company that yeah, we work for? This company we work for. Yeah. Comes to the office. Doing the, uh, regular one, two, just hey, saying, hi, saying to hi to everybody. Yeah. How are you? Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Comes over to your cube. Talks to you for a little bit. And as you're explaining something on your screen, just gives you a swift lick to the face. And no one sees it. And when you mention it and go, well, what was that about? He goes, excuse me? <laughs> and you say, you just licked me in the face. Why did you do that? And then he just kind of nods you off and, and leaves. Do you report it? Uh, I, don't, I don't know what to do with that information. How about you? You wouldn't report it? I do to whom? Dude, I'm reporting that. Like ten the times minute I see him leave my vision. Dude, he just licked my face. Yeah. In fact, I'd go to your cube and I'd go, hey, um, the president just licked my face. Okay. What if the president's a woman? Yeah. I'm still going to okay. come yeah. tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to tell me, but you're going to report it. You're going to go to HR. And well, like, that's different. That's Well, that's what I thought reporting it. Yeah. Well, no. I mean, if it's a woman, then, you know, I have to find out if she's really interested or not. Because <laughs> if that's the case, then. Oh. We got I mean, we got something going here. Yeah. And I'm not saying it has to go any further than just her licking my face occasionally. How close are you to other people in fishing tournaments that she can just out of nowhere lick you in the face and you don't see it coming? I think it's just kind of close talking. Either that or she's a sneak up licker. Yeah, like she sneaks up and goes like the, the motor's running on the outboard and yeah. she just leans in and goes, oh boy, the fishing's going to be great today, lick. Yeah, just a lick. And how do you not turn around and then start making out with her? 
I don't know. Didn't see the photos. Uh, First time I'm hearing the story. Not attractive. Not somebody you want licking your face. Not somebody you want licking your face. A good mix between um, what you might imagine Mike Holmgren would look like as a woman. If Mike Holmgren licked you in the face. Yeah. When when you like you went to the NFL draft combine. Yeah. You're a good enough college football player that you got invited to the draft combine and you're sure. doing your interview yeah. with Mike Holmgren. He licks your face. Do you report him or do you wait till to see if you're drafted by whatever team he's in charge of uh, and then report it? It would be interesting because I would hope he would lick my face, like he would get up from the table, come to the other side, lick my face, sit back down, and he'd go, Aroused? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, good uh, versus you know evil what? is brought to you by our you know friend. No, I'm just excited to get out on the field, you know? The titan of Hawaiian restaurants at 2454 East Burnside or 52nd and Woodstock. Uh, we talk about the Blazers uh, trade deadline, what their future looks like. They got Rodney Hood and Scal Labissier. Does that make you want to lick the face of Neil Olshay or not? Five, he, is, five, he is clean shaven. Five five three zero five is the better you today. Text line. Uh, start sending your thoughts on the Blazers' moves, and we'll get to those next. This is the Center and the Saint on Portland Sports Leader, ten eighty. The fan. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 